Today, we take a look at yet another three-round Packers mock draft. Except in this one, the Packers don't take a wide receiver in the first round. And chaos ensues. Nation. Welcome to an episode of Podcast, the podcast where you don't have to back your but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. Yeah, it's going to be bad if we don't take one. Grassy, and today we are going to be taking a look at yet another mock draft. Last week we did one through the Draft Network. This week I figured we switch it up a little bit, go through PFF, as again, they have different algorithms and they rank players differently, so I thought it was only fair to get a better sense of what the Packers could do. And in this particular mock, I did not draft a wide receiver in the first round. I'll explain my reasoning behind this, and then we can discuss. Before I get to that, I want to do a big shout and thank you to a brand new patron over at patreon.com slash Comedy, and that is Nathan Hobbs. A big shout out and thank you to you. In addition, before we dive into the mock draft, if you stay till the end of the video, I started a brand new fundraiser today. The link is in the description. I'll give you the details after the mock draft if you are interested. So taking a look at PFF, they definitely see a run of wide receivers being taken in the first round. And so by the time we got to number 22, some of the big name guys were just not available. And so I've talked about this for a couple of weeks. The, the fact that the Packers might not take a wide receiver in the first round and that they don't do it very often. And on top of that, the Packers have had more luck in the second round than anything with Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb. You also got, of course, Jordy Nelson. You got all these people taking in the second round, so if they decide to wait until day two, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And in this particular scenario, I have them doing just that. So starting off with their first pick in the first round at number 22, I have them going defensive lineman taking Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. Guy ran a 4'7", 7'40", 6'3", 307 pounds, and... Right off the bat, before we even get into the player, I talked about how the Packers could definitely use some more help on the defensive line with Kenny Clark. They did go and get Reed from the Chiefs, and that is a good start. However, to go and spend a premium pick on defensive linemen would definitely go even further in making that pass rush and run defense even better. And Devontae Wyatt fits that bill. The guy is super athletic, had seven tackles for a loss last season, two and a half sacks, and two forced fumbles. So not only does it fill a need, but you're getting a premier athlete here. Now, there are some downsides to Wyatt in one that he's 24 years old already. On top of that, he does have some off-field issues, and so that is called into question. He has visited with the Packers already, but considering all the top receivers had already been taken at this point, I thought going with Wyatt would be an excellent choice because not only is it going to make that defense even better, but you fill a need that has been a hole for quite some time and can make even your secondary, which is supposed to be good, even better. Then with their second pick in the draft and their their second pick in the first round. At number 28, I have them going with safety. Lewis Kine from Georgia. Back-to-back -back Georgia picks. 6-1, ran a 4-3-7, 40-yard dash. So, yeah, he's fast. What I love about this guy and watching his tape is he freaking tackles, man. He hits you like a freight train. His downhill running is absolutely incredible. Now, he is a bit versatile as well as he can also play slot corner, which is not the worst thing in the world because the Packers definitely could use a dedicated slot guy Jair Alexander can play all over the field but you have Russell Douglas and Eric Stokes who are definitely not ideal 
for the slot. On top of that, there are some questions about Darnell Savage. The Packers do believe that he can take that next step, and I hope he can too. But getting Kine wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because it gets you some insurance in case Savage doesn't work out, and you get a really good player. In 2021, he had nine passes defended, one interception, and 75 total tackles. So this guy is a ball player, and is it the biggest need for the Packers? Absolutely not. But again, with those top wide receivers taken, you're kind of left with a decision of, okay, do I reach for a guy who could still be there in the second round, or do I go best player available? And in my opinion, Kine was the best guy available. Then starting off the second round at number 53, they finally address wide receiver with Christian Watson from North Dakota State. Ran a 4-3-6-40 and the guy is 6-5. Yeah, this is a very, very prototypical Packers wide receiver in that he is humongous and he also has that speed. Now, there are some questions about Christian Watson because if you just look at his stats, you're like, holy crap, this guy is great. He could go in the first round. And I don't disagree with you here. In 2021, 43 receptions or 800 yards, seven touchdowns. Guy can also return punts, which is something that is drastically needed. So where is there any hesitation? Well, the hesitation is that the competition that he was going against at North Dakota State really wasn't that great. You look at this guy's tape and he is getting so much space from these defensive backs because they are just unwilling to play man coverage on him. So while his stats are very, very impressive, I think he can be a very good player. There are some concerns that when it comes to actual NFL backs, he could have some problems there because there are going to be guys that are going to be pressing him. Now, I'm sure you heard at this point that he also is the son of Tim Watson, who was a former safety that the Green Bay Packers did draft. So it's a nice story. The guy has been apparently playing football since he was three or four years old. And his dad was like, I shaped him into the man he was today, knowing about football. And I think that with his high football IQ, his amazing athletic ability, the guy can be very, very good. Like I said, there are some concerns based on the competition that he went against, but I think you could do far worse than Christian Watson in this draft. Then at number 59, I have them going edge rusher with Kingsley E. Nagbari from South Carolina. Guy ran a 487 40-yard dash, 6'4", and 265 pounds. And this guy had a nice senior bowl. And the pros about him is that he's super duper quick. You can see that not only in his 40-yard dash, but also just getting off the line, he's very good at it. Now, I will also say I wouldn't be surprised if he slips into the third round, considering he is going to need some time to develop. Now, at the same time, you can't have too many edge rushers, one, Two, you have Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith who will be getting the majority of the snaps, and so he can be thrown in there as a rotational player. Three, it took a year for Rashawn Gary to develop, and the Packers had no problem doing that. And again, edge is not a drastic need for the Green Bay Packers, but Preston Smith is a bit up there in age, so it wouldn't be the worst thing if the Packers addressed the position now and allowed a guy like this to develop and give him some time to actually do so before thrusting him into the fire. In 2021, he had seven tackles for a loss, four and a half sacks in 12 games. And like I said, this guy is raw. Whether it's saying, hey, you know what, maybe this guy isn't going to be an edge rusher and we're going to move him to the inside and he's going to be primarily a run stuffer, that's fine. Or he just needs time to develop the traits of being a premium edge rusher. Either way, I think he's worth the investment based on what I've seen on the tape. And again, I think the Packers would do fine just trying to get some insurance at that position. And finally, with their third round pick at number 92, I have them going wide receiver again with Romeo Dubs from Nevada. And here's a guy again who has special teams ability. This guy is very limited in his route running. Very limited. In which he basically 
<laughs> I run in a straight line. I run fast. That's where I go. Had 80 receptions, had over 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns last year. Also, 12 returns for 170 yards, averaging over 14 yards per return. But Malafleur, again, talking about wanting a guy who could be a deep threat. And Dubs can be that. Of course, they just got Sammy Watkins, who I imagine is going to act as a deep threat as well. But this guy has good hands. He's a nice deep threat. And he might be a one-trick pony for right this second. But again, a guy who could stretch the field, considering we don't really have one as of right now. And even with Sammy Watkins, he's probably going to be a one-year rental. We could do worse. So Dubs, at the bare minimum, can be used as a return guy in special teams and or be used to stretch the field on offense. And I think those are tools and aspects and characteristics the Packers really need right now. But let me know what you think down in the comments below. How would you feel if the draft shook out this way for the first three rounds for the Packers? Let me know. Now, if you stuck around until the end of the video, hey there, we're going to talk about this month's fundraiser. So as you may know, unless you're brand new here, and if so, welcome. Uh, what I do throughout the entire year is we raise a ton of money for a bunch of different fundraisers. So in the past, for example, we have done stuff for mitochondrial disease. We've done some for Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. We've gotten support dogs for those who are disabled, for military veterans. We helped military veterans and their families transition from active duty into public public life again. We had food pantries last year for Thanksgiving. On top of that, we raised over $51,000 for the Sunshine Kids Foundation last year to help children and families who are going through cancer treatment. And of course, we've raised for St. Jude as well. For this month, I'm going to be supporting GLAAD, which is a legal advocacy group for those in the LGBTQ community. And you might be wondering, Tom, why that particular charity? There's so many needy charities. And you are 100% correct and are free to donate to any of those charities. For me, there's been an uptick recently of very homophobic comments that have been on the channel, whether it's under unrelated videos about sports or random Q and A's. A lot of the mods, thank you mods, have been deleting them or I have been deleting them just because they've been uncalled for. And so I figured the right way to combat that instead would to raise money for this organization. Now, as always, I do my due diligence and make sure that the majority of the money that is being donated is being used for programming rather than paying out salaries of CEOs or anything like that of that nonprofit. And GLAAD has a four-star rating on Charity Navigator. You can go and check that out yourself. And since I launched this about an hour ago, we've raised nearly $2,000 already. The goal is $5,000, and I thank everybody who has donated. In addition, since I announced that fundraiser, I have begun to lose subscribers. And on top of that, if you want to get any glimpse into what I'm talking about, you can just go under the community tab and see where I announced the fundraiser to see all those beautiful comments. And majority of them are very good, but you can kind of see the cesspool that we're dealing with here. And to be very clear, Considering all the charities, the various charities that I raise money for, if a voluntary charity that I am raising money for is, makes you so upset that you're going to unsubscribe, bye. No, you can go now. If it is not something that you would like to support, that is more within your right. But if you would like to support, the link is in the description down below. Now, for almost all of these fundraisers, I provide a little incentive as to, hey, thank you for donating. Here's what you could win. Well, when I was in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and I was trying out to be a Green Bay Packers wide receiver, I got the wonderful Kurt Benkert to sign this replica Packers helmet that I purchased from the Packers Pro Shop. I have signed it as well. And so for every $10 that you enter, you are given one 
raffle entry, if you want to call it a raffle, one entry to it. There are unlimited entries. And so if you donate $100, you get 10 entries into the raffle. Like I said, this is going to go until the end of April. And so I will announce the winner on the first Friday night Q&A in May. And so if you are interested in supporting this organization and potentially winning this helmet, the link is in the description down below. And I thank you. But you can always find me at TomGrassyComedy.com or at TomGrassyComedy on all social media you see down below. Check out podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and of course, YouTube. And a big shout and thank you to all the patrons over Patreon.com slash TomGrassyComedy and the YouTube members. But thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grassy. And as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.